1: Rise for their majesties of royally obsessed. The podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her
0: Majesty the Queen. Welcome back to royally obsessed. I'm Roberta and I'm Rachel and it is time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. I just want to say that I've been looking forward to this so much all week. So excited to chat with you. It's like the bright spot of my week.
1: I always do. It's. Truly, taking this on during the pandemic has been something that's given me a ton of joy. I feel very lucky to do it, especially with you. I'm not just saying that.
0: (laughs) And all the crazy news, I feel like. Trump getting COVID and everything that's going on in the world. It's just like such a lovely escape. So I'm so glad that you guys are on this journey with us. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast and join our Facebook group at Royally obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a royal rating of five stars. Pretty please. Woo, please. <laughs> also, you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We read all your emails, so please send them
1: in. Send us a love note.
0: (laughs) Yes. How was your weekend, Rachel? It was
1: good, Roberta. I did um, one of my favorite things in a non-pandemic world, which is a Brooklyn Bridge Park hang with friends. We all had masks and we did like individually portioned snacks, but it was the closest to normal I've felt pretty much this whole time. It was really, really nice. Sounds so nice. Yeah. What about you? How was your sister-in-law's, oh my gosh, how was I just Not jumped quite, a million steps? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave, Dave, if you're listening. No, I'm just how was um. his? What your? How was? Dave's sister's wedding
0: yes my boyfriend's sister's wedding not quite sister-in-law Sorry, future Roberta. sister-in-law if all things go well no um it was lovely it was really small um the weather was amazing it was at a winery so it was really really nice but also i wanted to tell you that for the readers i mean the readers <laughs> for the listeners that have been with us talking about ted lasso almost every week oh i God. have to say that i finished the show <gasps> and there's a special shout out to megan markle Oh my in gosh. The show. And it made me freak out because I was like, everything's connected.
1: Everything is connected. Oh my gosh. I'm like now behind you. And I love that you are in love with this show as much as I do. I feel oh, it like was, it says volumes about our friendship. It was so good. <laughs>
0: but then on the other side of the coin I started Succession season two, which is a lot heavier Ooh, and darker. I haven't started
1: season two yet, but I loved season one. So
0: yeah, same, but all the characters are not lovable they're all evil and they're all horrible very horrible in their own ways. so Ted Lasso was such a breath of fresh air but anyway sorry season that's two last, is coming that's the last Ted Lasso mentioned on this podcast
1: so we'll, we'll talk <laughs> un- about the royals officially now. sponsored yeah. by Ted Lasso <laughs> Um, well, we have a ton coming up this episode, you guys. We have new video of the Cambridges. The actual highlight of my weekend was hearing George, Charlotte, and Louis speak. More on that coming up. Meghan and Harry's interview with the Evening Standard about racism. We're going to go over all of that. And Kate and William zoomed with a koala. Uh, so much more to talk about. But first, the Royal Cocktail. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail.
0: Yes, the royal refreshment this week is gin and tonic featuring Stalls gin. Do you have yours? I do have mine. It's
1: like I did it in a weird glass. I put
0: a little uh, slice of lime in mine. I love a good gin and tonic and sometimes
1: we get too crazy with our drinks, but this is a classic. Also, my glass doesn't do justice to the beautiful bottle that this came from. Um, So it's Small batch by Paul Feig, the director and producer of Bridesmaids, The Office, and Freaks and Geeks. And it is absolutely delicious.
0: And the bottle is like worth preserving and putting on a bar cart and like refilling with something else. It's so pretty. It's like a crystal bottle. You can't Stunning. really find that anywhere. I feel like mm-hmm. you'd find that at an antique store or something. So.
1: Also, just I want to mention that he also has this amazing Instagram show. If you follow him on Instagram, that's the Quarantine Cocktail Time. So, ooh, I'm, that sounds very right up my alley. Whole experience. That's well, all. Rachel, yeah, I right did all Rachel, Yeah, I did all those
0: pandemic cocktails. Hello. Why don't you have your own show? How the royal have you not it up. recommended? Check out this his and then make street. your own, and I will be there for it. <laughs> all right. Well, while we're sipping, we're going to shout out a lovely reader email from Kendall this week. She started out by saying she's always loved the pod and all things royal, but especially ever since Will and Kate got in. She actually had her first royal encounter back in 2015. She was on a trip to London with her grandparents. They were outside Buckingham and Prince Harry and Prince Charles drove by. What a surreal...
1: Moment, That's the dream If when you go to Buckingham Palace, right? Looking at the gates, you want to see a royal?
0: Yeah. So that, I guess, kind of inspired her, she said, to apply as an intern at the British Embassy in London. And she got the gig, which is amazing. Congrats. So she was there in the summer of 2016. And that same summer, the whole horrible Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando happened. And so she describes in her letter what happened. Um, She says, as a small cohort of Americans in another country, we did our best to talk through the devastating tragedy with each other while in a different country. The EU and British citizens we worked with were extremely kind and really showed us why the US and the UK have such a special relationship. One morning it was rumored that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were coming in person to the embassy to sign the condolence book. It was almost unheard of and no one believed it, including my boss. She then goes on to say they wanted to personally talk to the entire embassy. I quickly talked my way out of the meeting I was in. Sorry, Judy. I guess that was her (laughs) boss. And went downstairs. Not only were they extremely kind and caring, but they took the time to chat with some of the staff. I'll never forget their visit and how they expressed their sympathy to the families, friends, and LGBT plus community that was devastated by the shooting. She said she's attached some pictures, their signatures in the condolence book, and one of the photos she circles herself and she's right behind Kate's shoulder just peeking over a little crowd, but how amazing to see them in person and also just how touching it must have been for them to show up like that in the midst of such a horrible, you know, circumstance and sh- show their support for the US. I thought that was really lovely.
1: I know, and I'm not I'm so curious now to look back at the press attention they received, but I just know that there's so much that Kate and William do behind the scenes that we probably don't hear about. Um and I think that it was really special for Kendall to write us and tell us about this. I did really love her circling her head in the back, so I appreciate that because I was like, I want to find you in the crowd. <laughs> I know.
0: And classic Kate wearing a black sweater and a little um kind of knee length black and white dress pattern dress and black heels Looks stunning as always but just a a lovely reader email i love to hear about your interactions with the royals it's
1: so Mm -hmm. fun Uh, totally keep writing us uh so this week in royal history you guys
0: and now this week in royal history
1: it's almost been two years since Princess Eugenie married Jack Brooksbank on October twelfth, twenty eighteen at Saint George's Chapel at Windsor. Hard to believe. We're a hair early talking about it, but this was like But perfect incredible, timing because yeah. of the baby announcement. Too. Perfect timing, yeah. Well, so to revisit that wonderful, memorable time. It was actually just, you know, a short a few months after Prince Harry and Meghan Markle got married at the same chapel. So a lot of royal weddings. Gosh, think back to that wonderful year that where we had all that was... content absolutely crazy amazing I did think this was interesting because we always talk about how the Royals tend to have a six-month engagement so that mm-hmm. was the about the same for uh for Jack and Eugenie because Jack proposed in Nicaragua right at the end of January and then they were married by October so that's a, a little bit longer um but I also wanted to mention that I never noticed the similarities between Kate Middleton and Eugenie's engagement ring so the, did you am I Late yeah, in that, I guess I'm I only know that. this
0: because I wrote a story about royal engagement rings and like outlined every single royal engagement ring. And the floral sapphire trend
1: is really is really big with them. So, but it's also like they have the major center stone, the large oval sapphire. They both have sapphires, and then yeah. the ra- the like circle of solitaire diamonds around. That's, I mean, they really do look similar, other than the the blue.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's the pop. I'm not gonna say it's right. Paparadasha. Is yes. That, yeah. I that think you that's you right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I've Totally right, sure, right. but yeah,
1: no, it's pink and orangey, which apparently yes. is way more rare than the ring that Kate, you know, Princess Diana's engagement ring, but that, that you I know, mean the blue sapphire is way can more you iconic be, yeah, you can, yeah it's priceless it's <laughs> absolutely priceless but I do love both of those styles yeah it's, really it's like I just I don't know how I missed the similarities but uh Eugenie's dress was designed by Peter Pilato and Christopher DeVos and I forgot I loved looking back at the pictures that she did that wonderful outfit change for the reception <gasps> into that yes. blush color dress by Zach Posen so striking and that beautiful that fit
0: like a glove like a yeah, corset like a it was actually really They're so fancy kind two. of like jaw-dropping how beautiful yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. And they're a great couple because it's like you see them so dressed up and then on their Instagram, you know, so dressed down. I like that sort of, you know, we've gotten to know them in the co- in the two years since with how much Eugenie posts. But uh, yeah. memorable guests in attendance, Kate Moss, Naomi Campbell, the Cloonies, although I don't think the Cloonies were cited. Victoria Beckham and Elton John were all said to be there. Kate and William and Megan and Harry were also all together at that occasion. I, you know, just looking over the pictures. And again, it was supposedly when Megan announced her pregnancy with Archie to the family. But that's, you know, according to several reports how accurate totally not sure but mm-hmm. really truly I mean you just had a wedding this weekend but revisiting those pictures it's like that's what life used to be like I you know could just freely it's so weird to see people and, in
0: crowds and hugging and shaking hands and all of that it's just it's like so jarring now which is kind of scary about what it's doing to our psyche and all of that but yeah it's a beautiful wedding and it was kind of wild to think that we just had had Megan and Harry's and then I know what uh, like a year—the luckiest year of royal fanatics everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it two was such royal a wedding. Now we have such a huge gap, but uh, but yeah, and like you said, they have a lot to look forward to in the coming year. And uh, Eugenie was actually spotted for the first time, I think, out since her baby announcement, wearing a floral dress with a forest green jacket and patterned mask. Love seeing the mask. Um, and she, you know, she's definitely. I mean, I think it was a windy day, but you can really see that she's well into her second trimester. So. Pretty exciting. exciting. Early January. Or, I know, or sorry, early, early next year. Let's make sure we get that early, well, early 2021. That's why I was just
0: going to ask you do you think, I mean, like, how early? Like, that could mean before March. That could mean January. I'm like so curious to see Keeping what it how it all pans out. Yeah, same. Can't same. Wait. Can't wait. <laughs> A new royal baby. All right. Well, let's kick off the week of news. We had a couple big Sussex appearances last week. So we'll get into the really big first one, which is Megan and Harry and the Evening Standard. So they collaborated with the Evening Standard to kick off the UK's Black History Month on October 1st. The Sussexes held a private interview with the Evening Standard, uh, two editors there, it was journalists Abiyanka Makoni, who was born in Zimbabwe and raised in London, and Lizzie Edmonds. And they talked about the importance of representation, about experiencing the racial justice movement from the U.S. and about Black History Month as a celebration. So we're going to play a little clip from that. And why is the project more significant now, especially with everything that's been happening with the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests across the globe? For me, it's awareness. And, and it's education and it's teaching. Um, you know, I, I've had, um, I've had a, a sort of an awakening as such of my own because I, I wasn't aware of so many of the issues and so many of the problems with, uh, within the UK, but also globally as well. I thought I did, but I didn't. Well, and I think also what it does is just remind people of our shared humanity. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the takeaway.
0: Yeah, they had this really deep conversation with the editors and this was just some of the snippets of it. At another point, Harry says, you know, when you go in a shop with your children, you only see white dolls. Do you even think that's weird? There is not a black doll there. And I use that as just one example of where we as white people don't always have the awareness of what it must be like for someone else of different colored skin, of black skin, to be in the same situation as we are, where the world that we know has been created by white people for white people. So really, you know, they
1: really got into
0: it and um,
1: talked I liked about how succinctly he put that, too. I think that that kind of really is. I mean, I know it's just one example, as he mentioned, but it is a really strong example of something that's like just that simple thing.
0: Yeah. Like kind of, you're
1: not thinking about that. That's a problem.
0: Right. It like resonates with a wide
1: audience. Like I, I feel like all like anyone
0: could relate to that specific tidbit Um, but they also mentioned Archie up front in the very first few snippets Um, Megan said we are doing well Archie's so good she said he's so good but meant to be understood as Archie is so good we are very lucky with our little one he is just so busy he is all over the place he keeps us on our toes we are just so lucky so sweet and they were doing this from their Montecito sitting room which we've seen a couple of times and I love that their beagle guy made an appearance
1: it was a pretty, he was kind of a star. I mean, I love when he kind of made a quick exit, too, and Harry's face was just like, like, he looked like, okay. He, like, jumped off (laughs) Harry's lap,
0: and Harry was like, oh, God. (laughs) It's like, that's
1: gonna mess up the Zoom feed. It was really, it was really funny.
0: I also was thinking that Guy has been all over the world, if you think about it, because, he lived with her in Toronto, and then yeah. moved to the UK, and then moved back to California. Like this is a world traveling dog. So I well, really I love think that.
1: there's a kids' book about him. Yeah, I own it. Guy the Beagle, the Royal Dogness. Guy the Beetle. I mean, Guy <laughs> the Beagle, not beetle. Beagle. Wait, it's <laughs> called the Royal Dogness. The Royal Dogness. Guy the Beagle, and Ooh, I read it to bye. Finn. Uh, so let me cute. see. Mike Broom and Camille March. And it's a total delight. If you don't own it, you should definitely buy a copy. It's great. Old <laughs> dog <That's laughs> guy and his world yes. travels.
0: I love it. Um, the reason, though, I mentioned when the journalist by name Abianka is she wrote another article following up the conversation with Megan. She said the Duchess spoke softly but firmly and was nothing like what people assumed. And she said she felt their childhood similarities of um, this journalist growing up or being born in Zimbabwe, but growing up in London, that made her understand exactly where Meghan Markle was coming from and to admire her.
1: Yeah. I really liked that kind of addition to all the coverage because I think that so many times, you know, journalists are sent into these incredibly high profile moments, which I count this as one for sure. And I liked hearing from the writer on what was going on behind the scenes, what she personally felt. And I really liked that she said she was so nervous because obviously it's like you get probably such a short amount of time with them, but then to have them be so warm and open sounds like it went really well.
0: And to answer their questions so thoroughly and thoughtfully too. It's like, I would be so nervous. I, w- I wouldn't even know how to form questions. But For when they come on the podcast, we'll prep. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we need to start prepping now. Uh, but I love Megan's outfit. She wore her like Kind of, it looked like one shoulder, but it had another sleeve. It's by Glamod, and it's called the Slash Long Sleeve Top. It's um, Glamod is a Haitian designer who founded In the Black Collective for Black individuals in the fashion industry. So I really like that she was shining a spotlight on that for this important talk. And then trousers by Stella McCartney. Um, and it, while it's their first interview with a UK publication since moving, and it's been it's been so long since they yeah, moved. Yeah, it's so. crazy.
1: I really am so fascinated by their selective strategy with choosing the publications that they talked to. I mean, this was definitely very, you know, calculated and who, they, who yeah. they worked with.
0: They even called that out at one point. They said they have the evening standard has a very diverse readership and, a, and even a diverse newsroom um, and that they also might start granting these interviews. I, I hope they start granting these interviews to papers more often just because it was so fascinating to see them kind of off script. And yeah. hear them being—I mean—drilled with questions they don't know are coming, and to kind of answer them on the spot was really enlightening. I guess I don't yeah. know. I would love to see more of that. So
1: me too, me too. I really, I definitely really liked this. I thought it was a smart. We move. can't
0: expect any of the four tabloids that were named in the lawsuit they're definitely not going to have the Yeah, they're going to stay away from with, those no no way no nope. um but then another sussex appearance was with harry uh surprised london marathoners in la i love this it was a pair of marathoners who were participating in the virtual race so this is the london marathon's 40th year and a husband and wife described how they were approached by the london marathon organization and asked to write an essay describing how running changed their lives. They did so. And the wife um, has had a battle with cancer and also lost her mom to cancer. And the organization responded saying an ambassador would show up on race day. You're probably like, okay, whatever. I love the vagueness
1: and secrecy of that.
0: Shake hands with this guy and then it ends up being Prince Harry. Like what? Casual. (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna read the caption because it's really funny and sweet they said we found out that the ambassador was the duke of sussex prince harry with so many exclamation points she also said he's so laid back and very down to earth he actually asked if it is okay for us to sit on the floor the interview was more like a chat with a friend what an experience this was i never imagined myself chatting with prince harry this is one for the books i will never forget this day
1: I love it. I also loved in the caption that there was a mention right at the end that said that hand sanitizer, masks, and social distancing all occurred. Right.
0: But then I watched the video and I don't think they are wearing masks. (laughs) They are sitting on the ground, though, which is, that was true.
1: I feel like it's like mixed how people handle it when they're outside, right? It's like they don't, but it feels like... Uh, yeah, it's interesting that she did put that when they aren't all wearing masks. Yeah, she said for the pictures, <laughs> they took
0: it off that there's a picture with masks and Harry is wearing a mask um, from a black owned Oakland based brand called Taylor J. I love that he's also getting into like meaningful fashion. Yeah, I think that that's great. I think it's amazing. And also Prince Charles. I feel like a lot of the royal men do this. I always think it's just royal women and ladies, but they do this as well. So very uh, thoughtful choices here. But a lot of people are saying – so like so many of the comments online, I'm sure you guys, our listeners, have seen this too, is criticisms of the Sussexes really center around – Um, calling them hypocrites because they want their privacy, but they also do so much. And so they get a a lot of attention. I mean, we talk about them every week, so obviously they're getting so much attention. But I think that it's more, you know, obviously it requires a little more depth of thinking than that. It's like this is their royals. This is what royals do. I mean, they're not, you know, senior working royals, but they're still members of the royal family. And I think that that's the job description
1: yeah it's the job that they're part of i mean they're shining a spotlight their job is you know they're doing this work on behalf of mass you know major causes and i feel like that's what they do but i I think that they still are entitled to personal privacy personal privacy. yeah like protecting archie from the paparazzi obviously i mean the cambridge's why do do we we respect that in other celebs like you know what i mean i think that it's like there are so many celebs that really fight hard for the privacy of their kids. So it just, it makes sense. And the privacy of themselves. And especially, though, with
0: the royals, I think, you know, the your job is to show up and be seen and to shine a light on your patronages and be this figurehead and, you know, kind of carry the monarchy on behalf of the queen. And I think that that's what a lot of people miss is they're like, well, they're, you know, they're always in the news. They always want to be, you know, in the news. It's like, well, they want to do that for what's important to them. But. Not – like you said, perfectly put, not
1: their private lives, so – just interesting. Yeah. I, I just see
0: a lot of that all the time.
1: And so I feel like I wanted to call it We need to like, I, I feel like I would love to read a ton about that, actually. Yeah. I feel like we could dig very deep on mm-hmm. that one. Uh, in other news, uh, this made my, as I said at the top of this episode, it made my whole weekend. We heard the Cambridge Kids talk, which uh, has never happened before. I in a, in a lost it. In official capacity. I lost right?
0: Rachel. I was <laughs> freaking out. This was the cutest video. I can't believe we it was never so heard them adorable. speak before.
1: Yeah. And so as we all know from, uh, you know, George, Charlotte and Louis got to meet their idol, David Attenborough, last week. And we what we didn't know is that they actually got to interview him. We're going to play a quick clip from that. Hello,
0: David Attenborough. What animal do you think will become extinct next?
1: Hello, David Attenborough. I like pandas. Do you like pandas too? What animal do you like? what animal do you oh. like, it's like I cannot I just want that on loop as I watch the other news cycle I just need that lifting my heart during this same the next 35 Wait, remind days, me how close
0: Finn and Louis are in age
1: so Louis two and a half right I think so so I think they're about the same age, yeah. So I have to say I'm pretty impressed by how articulate Louis is. I mean, to even be able to frame a question like that, I mean, I feel like you know Finn is at this at the moment of working up to that, but also like the British accent that was definitely my oh, favorite. So he was my favorite because even him playing with the little leaps, he's like, <laughs> I just, I'm I'm assuming Kate. And William filmed those because weren't they sent? Like David Attenborough recorded his separately. Yeah, and his answers so I feel too like,
0: are so cute and good and perfect for kids and like yeah. educational. And I feel like I learned a lot from just listening to him. But it really
1: is—it's the kids' voices that. But they all make just show so such lovely. personality. Like Charlotte is so like you know she's like I like spiders. Do you like spiders? hers? Was too? my like favorite. S- hers was definitely my favorite yeah. question.
0: That was and to like spiders as a little girl. I feel like that. I it goes against everything I'm I, was when I was I'm so scared of bugs still. <laughs> Every,
1: yeah. Me too. Me too. No spiders. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was pretty rare. I mean, I think that we've heard them kind of picked up by cameras before, where especially like I think the big one was Charlotte at Louis' christening telling reporters, You're not coming and being kind of sassy about it. <laughs> but we really we get like glimmers, like the tongue sticking out moment at that regatta, but we really don't get to hear them hear them talk. So that was so, so great. And I did like thinking, you know if Kate and William are really strategic about this, it's like we didn't get to see the Cambridge kids go to school and we were all kind of sad about it. And this was the ultimate antidote to that. It went above and beyond the going to school. That's so So, true. Well done. Such such
0: a good point. To hear them talking to feel like, you know, you're – one on one with them it was just so cute. They're just it was so cute. cute. I know. I don't know though. School pictures are like
1: they are cl- amazing cute uniforms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we still we take want all, some please. school pictures
0: yeah. from the Cambridges.
1: <laughs> well, we did get a little nugget about George's school schooling. Is apparently he's really obsessed with volcanoes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that
0: lines up with yes, George. Everything we kind of seven know years him. old and loving volcanoes. Yeah
1: fascinating. Um, And I do, it's on my list to check out the David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet documentary, which is out now. And I'm, you know, very passionate about climate change and those things. So I'm looking forward to watching that on Netflix. Um, And this week, we also got a little bit of a teaser from William that um, there's about, I guess we find out on Thursday, I think it is this week that what is coming up with the Earthshot Prize that William established last year. So it's apparently the most prestigious global environment prize in history. So
0: I thought you were going to say his documentary because Prince William has a nature documentary out too. And there's new pictures of the Cambridge kids in it, like Charlotte's gardening and Louie's on the beach picking up a shell. And then there's another one. What's George doing? I think George is – in a garden as well. I actually need to look this up.
1: Wait, is that is that the that's not correlated to this though, is it? The Earth Shop. No, ones?
0: it's a different. No,
1: it's a different documentary. It's a, it's yeah, the, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I There's I so to make many sure. nature okay. documentaries. There's so many nature documentaries. But we know, like William is. I mean, I I really love this that he has taken this on as a cause because he wants to be able to tell George this is what I did to stop this when you were little. Because I think that that's kind of the way we all need to look at it right now. You know, it's like we can't just look back and be like, man, we could have done something, but we should be doing something. Now is sort of, I love that William is taking that on and that, that, um, world responsibility. Yeah, He, he mentioned like his
0: kids gave him this totally new perspective on, you know, what it means to be a conservationist and to try and help save, you know, mother earth. And I think that that was really kind of, I don't know. That's just so impactful to hear from him too, that his yeah, fatherhood, because he, like, back when he was a partier i feel like there was no thought of that whatsoever as as yeah. much as prince charles would have liked him to be you know thinking of those things but
1: totally and i think charles is really proud of him right now with all this conservationist efforts I'm sure. um, Anyways, more Cambridge news, though. Kate and William also Zoomed with Grace, a koala, as they chatted with business owners and first responders on Kangaroo Island in South Australia, which was deeply impacted by the bushfires in January. To be honest, Roberta, the fact that that happened in January, like this year oh has gosh, been a blur. I can't believe that. Um, yeah, it's crazy. 48% of that island was actually impacted by the fires including a lot of uh displaced koalas. They were really affected and had to be taken into um, you know, out of wi- out of the wildlife that they were living in and uh really cared for. So that, yeah, a recovered. lot of animals. I
0: remember seeing like Instagrams of those they them ca- having to rescue a lot of different animals and kangaroos and koalas. Um, but yeah, so that this one was saved from the wildfires? This is- She's a rescue. Stayed from the wildfires.
1: Yeah. Yep. And they're about to reintroduce her. Um, It's definitely worth watching if you guys haven't checked it out on their Instagram. But I love that Kate wore, she brought back her Dolce & Gabbana golden yellow dress, which is a nod to the country's, na- Australia's national oh, color. And she that. last wore it at Wimbledon. But it made me think about, because she also wore a striking yellow dress in Australia on her visit in 2014, not to the Royal Zoo, but I always think of when George went and met like the little, you know animals at the zoo and threw that little stuffed bilby on the ground I don't know I love all the whenever they interact with animals that's so cute so I have to
0: admit I haven't had time to watch this video yet but was it was their chat with the koala really like what was their reaction
1: yeah, I mean, it was just really cute. I mean, they were mostly talking about the impact right. of the wildfires, but <laughs> they were catching up on the health of the koala Aww. too. It's it's adorable. It's definitely and it's also, yeah, it's just good to kind of think about all those things. All right, I'm opening that, this in new. Did happen. New tab. 2020 has kind of been overshadowed by the pandemic. Totally. But a lot of other things have happened, <laughs> sadly. Um, but then finally one last Kate update. She did spend Tuesday morning today chatting with students at Derby University about how they're coping during this time. I feel like college students are just incredibly impacted by the pandemic. Um, but she also had a major style like difference. I don't know if you saw the pictures. But I loved her
0: outfit. Out. Oh, it's so yeah, good. So
1: it's by Massimo Dutti, if I'm saying the name right. But it's an oversized coat, which is completely not what she typically wears. So I loved that pivot. And kind of a pl- um, plaid tweed-ish coat with a blue yeah. sweater. It was
0: just really – and then that um, initial necklace, which – did you read the background about that necklace, the one with the initials? Did I tell you – I don't think I told you this. I think – Maybe I did. They, they were in uh, – in, March when they visited Ireland I believe it was they um, someone left that as a present in the room where I think Kate had to change or something she had to like get changed and this woman was like I was so nervous but I left this little box with a necklace that I had gotten made for her that said um, the kids initials GCL and a pair of matching earrings and um, when I left, the boxes were gone. And then her ass- Kate's assistant wrote to this woman later and said, like, thank you so much. She loves them. She's going to wear them all the time. And now we've seen her wear them. 3 We've three times in a row. So times. that's
1: probably that's incredible, super exciting for oh that my person. Gosh. Yeah. So I thought that was really sweet. I love sweet. that. That's such a good piece of background. I I feel like I saw that story bubbling up, and I hadn't finished fully reading it. That's that's so good to know. Um, I wanted to mention too because I sort of feel like I've come to start like really studying these photos mm-hmm. as I know you do too, mm-hmm. Roberta. But I feel like the this particular outing, you really get a close up on Kate's clasped hands, and I'm oh, always you know I that, always though. feel like I. I always kind of think about for myself, like how do I hold myself in photos, right? right? Because it's like you it's hard. It's like really hard to like position yourself. One over the other, like with fingers. No, joined? so she actually looks like she's taking her forefinger and thumb and really intensely gripping her thumb other thumb so that it's like it's almost like she's been taught to we're like doing it in the zoom if you're wondering point. why we're yeah. acting so weird <laughs> I feel like I'm like trying to act Is this like so I'm, what yeah, we're, doing... I'm shaking my hand and trying to give can a I see visual. that's what she was saying. interesting yeah so it's like this but so they're class but she actually has I'm showing Roberta but it's actually like she's really pinching her thumb so it's interesting I encourage all <laughs> to check it out and email us and let me know what you think because I might use it in my upcoming personal photo. I wonder
0: but... if it makes you kind of like sit up straight a little bit or like if it yeah. makes you a little feel a little more polished what it What is the background here also have we also gone too like far in analyzing no? photos like is yeah. this or we draw too far
1: this is <laughs> no, the I definition of royally obsessed all right let's move on <laughs> but i want to say it's so a
0: world world mental health day i think is why she paid this yeah. visit and that's this mm-hmm. saturday and as we know mental health is so so big for the royals that's really i think william and kate's like biggest kind of issue that they focus on so i thought that was really
1: um you know. Yeah, they're very they're very good at keeping that in the limelight, and I it's so critical to have that in the limelight. We all need so much yeah. mental health support, especially, especially now, now, but now, always. Definitely.
0: So we are going to talk now about the Battle of the Brothers, the new book that's coming out October fifteenth by Robert Lacey, who you guys will remember we said last week was the uh, historian for The Crown on Netflix. So the book, the full title is Battle of Brothers: William and Harry, the Inside Story of a Family in t- Tumult. 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 <laughs> malt. <laughs> that's a actually really that's like, three, that's like three that's two subheads. So long title. Yeah. Um but so, Ooh, Roberta. <laughs> I love your opinions on book title. We don't <laughs> we don't have our shots to take a shot for every revelation, but we do have yeah. several revelations, which I will go through quickly and then we can discuss. So the first one that says that all the coverage of the book says that it was written in collaboration with a high level insider. And one high level insider, very different from Finding Freedom, which was 100 sources they said which corroborate all of that um which now who knows it's up in the air and it's being brought into Megan's trial so we'll you know find yeah. out more about that probably soon but one high level insider that's very I thought that was really interesting yeah that is really interesting I don't interesting. know I want to know who that person is seems limited yeah another But also another different yeah <laughs> the another revelation william refused to eat lunch with harry at the sandringham summit what we've known to you know now called the Sandringham Summit, which was when they, you know, had to hash out the details of the Sussex's exit. And Harry and Meghan acted like, quote, Hollywood lawyers demanding, quote, guarantees on every single point as if it were a contractual negotiation. Mm-hmm. I mean, understandable considering Meghan's background is Hollywood. So I would think that that kind of makes sense, especially as an American. I yeah. feel like we're more, I don't know, is this this might not be right, but like more contract like yeah more trained to think yeah i don't know yeah uh queen elizabeth has always had a soft spot for harry and had been delighted with megan but took away sussex royal branding because she felt they became erratic and compulsive
1: that one kind of stood out to me when i was reading through the revelations that from that excerpt i just thought that that was interesting because it was a kind of you know twist at the end like the split was kind of the details were carved out But then it was like, wait, 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 you can't use Sussex Royal. So that was a really. Yeah, it came like a little
0: bit after the fact from their
1: their initial split.
0: So it was really Mm -hmm. interesting. Also, a big revelation was that Archie's christening really ruffled feathers. It says that Prince, the book alleges that Prince William was mad the Sussexes wouldn't reveal the godparents, that everything was shrouded in secrecy. Uh, His birth, you know, was kind of kept under wraps for a while. And so I think that. I don't know. I don't know if that I believe that, though, because, like, why would William be mad about godparents of Archie? That seems really maybe it's just because of the break with protocol. I, I don't know if I believe that one.
1: I think that's what the explainer said was that it was, you know, William really follows the constitutional aspects of his royal job to a T. Uh, but again, you know, this is these are revelations from the book. Like, we don't totally know how true they all are but it's it
0: it is pretty interesting yeah definitely another one was that harry saw the official royal portrait of the queen prince charles prince william and prince george as exclusionary he even like it sounded like he was kind of like oh they left me out in like a little bit of like a bitchy way i don't think i believe that one that one is a line of succession picture portrait like i don't think harry would i mean the, the book i think alleges that you know it just made his decision even easier and that could be true but I feel
1: like how I guess I'm just like you know how hard would it have been to include here I mean I get that it's the line of succession but it's like you're excluding one very prominent member of the family I don't know yeah just my two that's cents. A good point. I yeah, don't know that's a good
0: point I want this I want this back and forth that's good
1: um, also <laughs> I
0: thought this was really interesting is that William asked Diana's brother for help When Harry and Meghan first started dating, he thought they were rushing into things. So he kind of asked um, Charles Spencer to intervene. The quote is, the result of the Spencer intervention was an even more bitter explosion. Once again, Harry refused to slow down. He was furious with his elder brother for dragging other family members into the row. I don't know. I mean, I could see William doing that knowing what we know about his reaction to Megan and how he, you know, it, it was quick. It was a very quick timeline. So I think I could, I could see that playing out.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Sorry for a quick second. I just was distracted by your sweatshirt. Roberta's wearing oh. her, her fly Diana Virgin Man. Atlantic sweatshirt. Oh, I, I guess I just I held it, it, it up for the camera last time. So here, here it is it. on sorry, my body. Sorry. Uh, I digress. <laughs> um, but no, I do think that that involvement is pretty, um, It sounds true to me. Also, Charles
0: Spencer, Diana's
1: brother, was kind of a godfather to them in a lot of ways. It seems like
0: after her death, and I think wanted to had a big role. in Yeah, wanted to really look out for them and make sure you know that they were kept safe and um, not only you know not just duty. He talked about that in his eulogy for Diana a lot. So, um, but family as well. So I thought that was really interesting. And then the final thing that I thought was really relevant. Revelatory was that the Queen wanted Harry and Meghan to move to Africa. She wanted to give them a role in South Africa, kind of like a diplomatic role, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And it was because she wanted to give everyone a breather, or that was what it was understood was that everyone kind of needed a breather from the Sussexes and all of this whirlwind, crazy media coverage. Um,
1: and I thought it was interesting because they, I think it was described in the book as an opportunity for them to kind of live like normal people. And still maintain their royal role. So she was definitely. It sounds like if this is true, that she really did have her sights on their needs and what they were really pushing towards, which was a more private, normal, quote unquote, feeling life. Yeah, and I
0: remember hearing about this back when this kind of the news broke that they wanted to move to yeah. Africa, and you know they they know long how long they'd be there. It wasn't just a royal tour. It would be them actually living there and they would get a lot more privacy and all of that. And so it's kind of crazy. to. Kn- I, I'm curious to read the book because I want to know, you know, what happened after this was proposed? How did it fall through the cracks? What kind of made this yeah. spiral out of control? Because then quickly after that, I feel like it was only a couple of months after that was when the news that Harry and Meghan were leaving broke. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I definitely want to read the book. I feel like I did a little bit of a deep dive into, you know, I mean, Robert Lacey's incredible; he's incredibly credible. Like I think that he, you know, he's the historian for the crown and he just does a lot of, uh, you know, I feel like he has a really strong reputation in all the books he's written over many decades. So I'm definitely, you know, my interest is piqued. He, I also read an interview that he, chooses to write about things where he really wants a happy ending for the subject. So I feel like... Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I'm expecting sort of a optimistic story. Yeah, he but. wrote
0: Majesty, which was about the queen. and That was a critical mm-hmm. success. So I did mm-hmm. want to just mention this quote. He, inter- he interviewed with the Daily Mail and Robert Lisey said, quote, the palace got this very wrong, as it always does with the second born. They always treat the second born badly, not to say cruelly. It happened with Princess Margaret, happened with Princess- Prince Andrew. It's the classic heir and the spare thing. They just don't know what to do with the spare and they certainly didn't know what to do with the spare's wife. He also said there's only one self-made millionaire in the royal family And that is Meghan Markle. If they had sat down with her at the start and said, let's have a talk about the things you're interested in, things might have been different. Um, So I do think he's coming from a place of like the monarchy could have done so much more. And so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in the book. I absolutely so curious. I also have to my reading. I like want to take royal biographies with, you know, more of a critical lens because of knowing how disputed some of the claims in Finding Freedom are and ju- not just that but I, I that was like one of the most recent royal biographies I've read and so I think that like it's so hard not knowing I the sources. Know. It's really difficult. So, And I wanted it all to be true and then it, you know, it's not. But. I know. So Ugh. we'll see. Yeah. All right. So our highs and lows for the week. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is that the Sussexes are skipping Christmas in the UK which is pretty, I mean, safe to assume, you know, because of COVID they can't make it over there and that makes sense um, but I think it just makes me really sad that they won't all spend Christmas together. But also, the I gag
1: know. gifts just wouldn't be that funny oh, when everyone's. Gosh. What's shooting? happening with the gag gifts? They can still Amazon that. Come yeah, on. but is it funny when they like? <laughs>
0: there's a rift,
1: or like, you know what I mean? No one's gonna find it funny. <laughs> Come on, think. you got. If there's any moment to make amends, it's with the gag gifts. <laughs> true. True. Uh, my love of the week is Patrick J. Adams, who we all know and love from Suits, which I'm addicted to during quarantine. Although I've taken a brief hiatus for Ted Lasso. Last Mentioned, promise, <laughs> um, is apparently too intimidated to call Meghan Markle, his love interest for many, many years on suits. Uh, you know, Mike Ross and Rachel, the fairy tale of all fairy tales. Um, but he told the Radio Times that he's too intimidated. And he said, I have no doubt I could pick up the phone and call her at any moment, but I don't know what I would say. Aw, Patrick, call I know. her. <laughs> I almost feel like that's a weird response
0: to say you're too intimidated. Like, I feel like she, I don't know, like your coat. I guess she's like
1: so huge now that you feel like you you assume she's probably too busy and like important for your call. But come on. No, call her. That's my that's my message. My low is like, don't don't split up Mike and and Rachel.
0: (laughs) My high this week is Kate and Charlotte have learned to floss. (laughs) I don't know if you know, you know, flossing, right,
1: Rachel? I do, but I actually can't do it. I have tried
0: in the <laughs> mirror many times. I will, I'm will. i not too proud to admit, and it looks horrible, so I can't floss, but I love this. So on a visit uh, in the documentary Prince William, A Planet for Us All, the Duke of Cambridge speaks to schoolchildren during a visit to Liverpool. One student, Poppy, asked him, has Prince George learnt you the floss? And his <laughs> response, no, Charlotte can floss. She can already floss at four. So this is before she turned five. And he said, "Yeah, you don't want to see me floss. Catherine can floss, but I can't. It's like a really horrible film to watch me floss." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now all I want to do is picture Prince William flossing, but I love that. That's I so love cute. That that's so funny. That's really cute. That's such a good high, but we definitely need the video, William. We need the video. (laughs) My high, rounding out on a good note, um, is National Poetry Day, as honored by Charles and Camilla. If you haven't listened to their readings on Instagram, we're going to play a quick clip of Charles. Oh, joy that in our embers is something that doth live, that nature yet remembers what was so fugitive. I mean, come on, Roberta. It's better than the Calm app with their bedtime stories. I was just going to say that he needs to do that. (laughs) I would fall right asleep. Just keep it on loop all day and you will feel calmer. I feel like there's a study in there and Camilla too. She sounds yeah, great. I just
0: love poetry too.
1: I I mean, yeah. it's so soothing to hear anyone read it but especially
0: Charles and Camilla. The especially them. And
1: National Poetry Day is a moment to enjoy, discover, and share poems which Aww, they honored. That's sweet. Perfect. Yeah. Well,
0: just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This is a review uh, from Anna. It says, favorite pod cannot get enough of this show Rachel and Roberta serve up all the royal tea love these two we haven't had tea in a while Rachel and this yeah,
1: we should have royal tea. refreshment needs to be tea
0: next time the next morning recording yeah, let's definitely. do it uh, so follow us on Instagram at royally obsessed podcast and the Facebook group royally obsessed you can also send us an email we love hearing from you guys info at gallerypodcast.com. you can follow us personally on Instagram I'm at Robbie Frito and I'm at RKB NYC until next week